You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Dave Ammons. Good morning, Cathedral. How y'all doing? Good on you. One more time. Y'all can do a little bit better. Me and you are the only ones excited so far to be here this morning, okay? How's everybody doing this morning? That's what I'm talking about, man. It's a great day to be in church, man. It's a, we're in a great season uh, of cathedral, and there's just a lot of things to celebrate. You know, uh, we, we just, we're on the heels of all of our kids' conferences, and so we've had teens all the way down to four years of age. Uh, just having some an amazing encounters over the summer, summer uh, with the relationship with God, y'all. We took over 500 kids so far this year, and have had some amazing things happening uh, over the course of the summer. And what I love about that is, you remember those moments in life where y- you and God are just so close, and it ends up just being one of those seasons that you look back on, and it's just it's amazing. Well, that has happened for over 500 kids. They've had this moment with God. That, yeah, go ahead. They've had this moment with God where God is coming alive in their life, and they're having these encounters of what it feels like to have the power of God working in your life. And so we have that operating in the, in the church right now. Uh, you know, as you drive by Ashley Phosphate uh, this coming week, you'll see that uh, the project that we have of, of, of over, you know, redoing all the stuff on the front of our entrance is going to be happening. Does it not feel like to anybody else that Noah's trying to have a second run with the ark? I mean, the amount of rain that we've had, man, the delays and all that kind of stuff. I tell you what, it seems like it. Uh, but we're so excited. You should see some crews out there uh, that are going to be going on the second leg of that journey. And we got some exciting things happening in the front there. One of our favorite days is just around the corner. Uh, we got our serve day uh, 2022 getting ready to happen, and uh, honestly, as, as we get closer to the summer coming to the end, I know we got a bunch of teens over here, you can say, oh, I know you're not ready for school to come back in session, but it is coming to an end, right? Um, but as I think through the next couple of weeks, I don't think there's anything that you can engage with or be a part of that will change your world better than the serve day 2022 that'll be coming up next week. Now, this morning, we're going to explore this mentality of, of serve uh, in the Bible and what it means, and we're going to do that in just a few minutes, but this whole topic of serving, what it really is at the core is when we do this and when we engage, it honors God. It honors God when we give our life in a way that we just say, you know what, I may not have the, all the abilities, I just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I just want to pick up that towel just like he did for the disciples as he was going into that Last Supper. And I just want to have this idea of serve deep on the inside of me. And I'm going to tell you, when when we serve people in practical ways for the cause of Christ, something just happens. And I'm going to do my best job to explain what happens, why we believe it biblically. But something changes in the hearts of people when we serve. And as I think about this day coming up, there's a lot of different ways that you can be a part of. There's a lot of different opportunities. We have heart for the house projects, which means there's stuff that's going on right here on this very campus. Small groups are going to be doing a bunch of different things. But as you're sitting out there, I just want to kind of give you my goal, some of my expectations, is by the end of this coming week, my goal and what I'm praying for is, that, Lord, I want 48 more projects by the end of the week. So, Dave, how'd you come up with 48? Look down your row. There's, there's people sitting in 48 rows here this morning. That's it, right there. Look down your row. We've got some good-looking people right beside you. Come on, look down your row. Dressed nice. Decked out to the nines. You can say, hey. You know, it's all right. We have fun in church. We don't have to be stiff. But here's my thing, is as you look down your row, that's all it takes to form a group. And what we're looking for is, is I'm not looking for just small groups to be doing this. I'm not looking for just if you're involved in a ministry. I want this to be a part of the culture of cathedral. And as you look down your row, that's all you need to come up with an idea. Somebody on your row may know somebody on their street. They may know somebody at the, at the place where they work. Uh, but we all know people that we can say, you know what? I want to serve them. I want to serve them to let them know that not only God is thinking about them, but we're thinking about them as well. 
it just makes tremendous, tremendous impact. And if you're here this morning and you go, you know what, Dave, I haven't signed up for anything. No worries, because as soon as this service is over, I want every one of us to bum rush the hub. We've got some great people out there who are ready to help us. Ready to help us sign up for stuff. Ready to help you have some conversations around helping you maybe get creative of what kind of projects you can do. And so we'll all immediately go out to the hub as soon as this, this service is over. But I want you to consider this service really kind of like an all-call. This is like a family meeting where I say, you know what, Let's, I want every single one of us to really be a part of it. And if you're sitting back going, ah, I just don't, no, 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 I'm talking to you. I, I want you to be a part of this as well. This is, this is an all-call for us, and I really believe that it's going to be incredible. Uh, and, and we're excited about Serve Day. We're excited about what, what, as a church and what God is going to do. In fact, here's one of the things that I absolutely love about Serve Day, and you can really watch this happen, is it's contagious. It's absolutely just contagious. Uh, and I watch this every year. You have some people who are reluctant, who are like, ah, I just don't know, but yet they'll get a part of a, a Serve project. And by the end of that Serve project, they come up to me like, hey, when, when's the next one? I'm like, well, this time next year, we're going to do another Serve Day. But it doesn't have to wait that long. And so this is just the spotlight that we put on it, um, but it's something that is, it should be a part of our everyday life. And we've seen this displayed over the course of the summer. As you've come here, it's jumped all over our teens. Ever since we've gotten back from conference, it's one of those things I'm sure you've even noticed in our campus. I don't know the exact number, but there's somewhere between 30 to 50 teens who have jumped on board, found a place to serve in this church, and they're making a massive difference. I know it because you guys tell me. Y'all like seeing them out. Uh, I'm sure you saw a lot of them out in the parking lot in our cafe and just the life and joy that they bring into a campus, into a church. You know, if you were here when we had one of our guest speakers, Ben Shetler, comes, he was talking about this next generation and how there's this, this, not only just an exodus, but so many young people don't know their place in the church. You want to know the best way to combat that? Let them have a place in the church. And so I love seeing that we got 30 to 50 teens who are so passionate saying, you know what, this momentum that God has had me on, this, this closeness that I feel with him, I don't want it to stop. And the way that they chose to keep that momentum rolling is to serve you guys. Is that not incredible? Absolutely. Absolutely. We should see that. I saw that with our volunteers at VBS. Man, it's been incredible. We had 158 volunteers for VBS. I don't know about you, but if I came to you and said, hey, you want to spend a couple of days with 400 little young kids? Exactly. We had 158 people who said, you know what, sign me up for that because I want to make Jesus come alive for this next generation. And because of it, we had one of the best VBSs I think we've ever had. 392 kids registered for VBS this year. Come on. That's incredible. So it's happening. It's contagious. I see it jump all over them. Uh, and just to give you a little bit of insight don't take just my word for it. Let me show you a physical example of one of the projects that we did uh, a couple years back. Take a look at this. In 2019, we were a part of a group, uh, the language of letting go, and one of our members had become sick. She reached out for me to get some medicine for her and some food and bring it to her house. Upon entering her home, I realized that she needed more than just that. I took care of her. I don't know, I was probably there an hour, and then I left. I called my friend Marlene, and I thought, perhaps this would be our good serve day this year in 2019. When I walked in, actually Becky was already there, had already started some things when we got there, and was very light. And I've known her for a while, whatever, but never been to a home. So to go to a home and to say, well, this, what's going on here? Let's figure out what, why we're here. What can we do to help you? My occupation is cleaning, but it was more than that. There were many items piled up, all kinds of things. The kitchen had needed attention. And I felt so important that she would allow me to come in. She needed somebody to come in, but that she even gave me the opportunity to come into her home. I think it's the relationship that we had yeah. opened that door for us to be able to do that. And we had to 
and make it fun, you know, because we're girlfriends, we're all here. And so I think that's the reason why we were able to do it because of the relationship that we had built doing small groups. And we yes. have been doing groups together for a while. And I think she was receptive because she could trust us. In the beginning, she was very resistant. She had lost a husband. And because she was still holding on to memories, things were associated with her husband. So it was a lot of things that she was unable to let go. When we started to move things, uncover things, she wasn't very happy. It was, I need that, I'm going to use that. That was my husband's and this is why we did that. By the time we went through that for a while, and we were respecting her, and she saw that we weren't trying to push her, I think she was able to let her guard down just a little bit or whatever. But then it came to a point in order to make progress, things happen. You had to get just a little bit more insistent or it'll be a wasted effort. Things shifted very quickly. Yes. It, it shifted very quickly because she started to see they really are trying to help. We wanted to be there for her. We wanted to help her in a way that would be respectful. We didn't want to just get in there and throw things away and let that be our project for the day. It was about her. We had a, a Goodwill pile. We had a trash pile. We actually got online, started Googling where to take this. And when we started to do that, it wasn't just us doing it. She became a part of it. So that way she, and she saw the value in it. And it was exciting. It really did become exciting. She saw progress. She could see hope. She could realize, I was stuck. I can move forward now, and it's okay. I'm not forgetting. I'm not leaving it all behind, but I'm moving forward. One of the things I enjoyed was when they left, I stayed behind. One of the things I really wanted to do was create an atmosphere for when she came back. While she was gone, I actually put the furniture in places. I arranged it so when she came home, she had seating. I polished the lights, I vacuumed. It was home again. And when she came in, it was like, I just remember her just exuberant, her face, you know, it was life again in her home. Well, I had found some items of her husband's that were uh, when he was in the service, so they were keepsake items. So she had a table, and I rearranged it so that she could have that honoring spot, but it wasn't with a bunch of everything all over it. She could see it, she recognized it, she was so happy. In the kitchen, there was a table, and she said, I've been meaning, the table had been so covered, she said, I've been wanting to have a table where I could sit down and eat. When it was all said and done, I was so excited for her and excited within myself that we had done this thing and she had received it. I think the whole process is far reaching. I think you may go in with the idea of, I'm going to help, I'm going to do this. But the rewards, what you get back in return I think continues. And for someone who's never done it, it can be very scary, you know, kind of intimidating. I don't know anybody. But the fact that there are other people who are willing, they're doing the same thing. So everyone just come together and just, whatever you can put your hand to. It doesn't have to be skilled or all that. Show up. If you just show up, there's something for you. And at the end of the day, you made a difference. You know, one of the things I love watching in projects like this, and it just happens across the board, is you, you can watch how it begins to make a difference in their life. You can see how it just it meets them exactly where they are. You heard part of her story where she was still healing up from the, uh, the loss of a loved one, but yet you now you bring people in who are doing life with them, and it just shows them the love of Christ. I love watching how it makes a difference when we serve. And unfortunately, you know, that's not the norm in our society. It's sad to say this, but the things that I used to walk down the street, it really shocked me. About five years ago, I would walk down and see certain things, and i go, holy cow. Now it's just like, oh, okay. But you know what is shocking in our society? 
is when you walk down the street and you see somebody serving somebody else. That's the unfortunate thing. You know, as, as society, as our world gets darker, it's going to get a whole lot easier for our light to shine. Is it not? And so I love this idea of what Jesus gives us in the scripture because it allows us the opportunity to stand out in a, in a time period that he has made just for us in this generation. And so I, I jotted down a couple things. Um, and, and this is just a beginning, just to get you guys thinking of a couple. But we can do everything from clean up the park, maybe that's right around where you live. Maybe you can pay it for it at a gas station. Maybe you can pay it for it at a restaurant. I'll never forget when me and Macy were eating. We were young. We were married. We were broke as a joke. And somebody paid for our meal. I have no idea who it was, but they made sure the server uh, let us know that, hey, we enjoyed watching you eat your dinner. We could tell that you were young and you were happy. And we just wanted to let you know that we were thinking about you and that God loves you. I'll never forget that. But did I mention we were broke as a joke? Yeah. So you just never know when you get those promptings that we have inside, it might just be that the Lord has given that to you to make a difference in somebody's life. There's so many different things. And the thing that I want every one of us to be doing is I want all of us to be praying that God is going to use this serve day coming up because I know there's people that he wants to reach. And so here's the goal for today. I want to be as clear as possible. I don't want there to be any confusion. Um, because if you were like me, growing up sometimes, I would leave church going, what in the world did they just talk about? But thankfully, that's, that's not what you get here. You see, I love the heart of our senior pastor because not only does he love teaching the word of God, but he does it in such a way where he meets us exactly where we are. And, and he meets us at a place. Have you ever been in here and, and you go, man, is he talking directly to me? I know I'm not the only one in that thing, right? But he does it because he has a heart to get us to the very practical ways of how does the Bible play out in our everyday life. And so I want to, that's my goal today is that you leave knowing the practical aspects, the biblical mandate as it relates to, to serving, what the Bible says about outreach and missions and this whole idea of the Great Commission. And I have even put it on my hoodie this morning. I don't want you to forget it. Got it loud and clear so every time y'all look up at me, topic of the day. Serve. All right, here we go. And just so y'all know, I am just as red on the inside, okay? Got some time to spend with my kids at the lake with some friends, and it was cloudy, so I didn't put enough sunscreen on. So know that I am just as red on the inside, all right? But here's the, here's the truth. We're going to explore the power and the truth that we find in the Bible as it relates to serving because it's absolutely incredible. And where I want to begin is this whole idea of, of, the, of the first four books of the New Testament. They're called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And if you ever want to understand really kind of who Jesus is, what does this guy stand for? What, what, what was he after? What was the character of who he is? The Gospel is a great place where we can see a bunch of different accounts of his short life here on earth. Some of them are going to be like, how did he choose the disciples? And we get to see how he would choose his disciples. What were the expectations that he gave him? We can see that criteria play out in Scripture. We can see when Jesus would go into the wilderness and how he was tempted by the devil and how he handled the temptation from the enemy. Those are massive implications because I don't know about you, but I know I've been tempted by the enemy before. And so I want to know, I want to lean in and see how did Jesus handle that situation. We can see that not only is baptism for us, but we can watch how baptism played out for Jesus himself. And so we get all these different accounts, so many different life lessons that you can read through the four Gospels. One of these encounters that we read about is when Jesus is going back to his hometown. And what's really neat about this particular story is that Jesus is one of those life lesson moments that you sit back and you go, ah, okay, yeah, yeah, that... That actually makes more sense of what life is about. Jesus, he's, he's in his hometown. This is where he was raised. He goes to a church in the town. Scripture calls him a synagogue, but he, he is, it's a church. He's going to this church in town. He sits down and he shares this concept with us. comes out of Luke chapter 4. Here's what it says. Verse 14. Jesus returns to Galilee, so he's on the way to his hometown, the power of the Spirit was with him, and the news about him spread throughout the surrounding country. He taught in the synagogues, he taught in the church, and everyone praised him. 
Then Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. This is his hometown now. As usual, he went into the synagogue on the day of rest, a holy day. Now, if you're ever sitting out there and you wonder, I wonder if Jesus went to church. Well, right here, not only does Jesus go to church, but he makes a habit of it. What did it say? It says, as usual. If you wanted to find Jesus on on the day of rest, he's going to be in church. Here's a thought that I had. If it's good for Jesus, it's good for us, isn't it? This is where we find him. He's in church. It says he stood up to read the lesson. He's in Nazareth. He's in his hometown. He's in the place where the streets that he would run as a child. And I think this is what I love so much about Serve Day. And, and I love mission trips. I love outreach missions, outreach missions when we can get a chance to help you know, when a, a natural disaster happens. or All of those things are great, and they are a part of the full picture of the Great Commission. But what I love about this is we see him coming back to his hometown in his own streets, neighbor to neighbor, person to person, relative to relative, business to business, owner to owner. He stood up in his own hometown, and he stood up to read this lesson. Verse number 17. The attendant gave him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and he opened it and found the place where he read this scripture. Now, if you're wondering, where was he in Isaiah? Where did he flip to in the book? I was curious. I just wanted to know. So if you're like that, he was in Isaiah chapter 61. Let's see what it says. Verse number 18, the spirit of the Lord is with me. He has anointed me to tell the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce forgiveness to prisoners of sin and restoring the sight to the blind. What is he doing? He's beginning to announce, hey, this is what's going to be happening. This is what I'm going to be doing. He continues to tell him, hey, to forgive those who have been shattered by sin. And he's got this announcement. He says, hey, I want you to know something, that this is the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus closes the book, gives back the book to the attendant, and he sat down. And everybody in the church watched him closely. And he says this, this passage came true today when you heard me read it. Another translation of the Bible says it was fulfilled on this day. Can you imagine the headlines on the next day? Homegrown boy claims to be the Messiah. (laughs) Imagine how well that went, right? Because isn't it so true that it's so hard? Sometimes the hardest place to go is your own hometown, your own stomping grounds, right? He says to these people in in, in this hometown church, and I believe he's saying the same thing to us today, that the promise of this prophecy that was written in Isaiah hundreds of years ago, passed down from generation to generation, has come true today. Now, I know the book of Isaiah isn't the most widely popular book of the Bible that we just all of a sudden talk about. At the last dinner meeting that y'all had, did y'all break out the book of Isaiah? No. But back in this day, this is something that they lived and breathed. This would have been extremely controversial. You mean this prophecy that we've heard for so many years is coming true? It's coming true. Jesus, he opens the book. And all of what Isaiah is talking about is finally here. He's saying, I'm right in front of you. This isn't just words on a book anymore, but the living word of God is here. Jesus isn't just opening the book. Rather, he is now opening who God is. And what we see in Scripture, Jesus says, it's me. I'm here. I'm open. I'm available. You have access to me. No longer will you have to go to one guy at a temple, and that's the only access. No, every single person who calls on my name, you have access. I'm open for business. Verse 22 ends this this part of it and says, All the people spoke well of him. They were amazed to hear the gracious words flowing from his lips. Church, the same way that Jesus opened the book of Isaiah is the same way that I believe he wants to open up this concept of serving to us this morning. How many of you guys remember during the lockdowns, there was different aspects that as we got deeper into the lockdowns, you figured out there's a difficult part of life during this phase. Whether it was the isolation, whether it was trying to figure out how to do work, 
Uh, for many of you guys, it was trying to figure out how to do work and school because you became the teacher. There was a list. I'm sure when I said lockdowns, you immediately went to some place in your head of some of the challenges and difficulties that we had, right? Well, one of the difficulties that every single one of us had to face is no matter how well you prepped, no matter how well you planned, at some point you ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> and you had to go get something. And you had to go to a store, and I'll never forget trying to figure out some of the stuff that we needed. And I would go to a store, and I would look in sometimes, and it was completely dark, not a soul in there. They were shut down for that time period, right? It became difficult to figure out where am I going to get the things that we need during this time period. I remember going up to one store, and I look in there, and I see a manager. So I knock on the door. I said, you open. He goes, no, not open. I said, no, Google says you're open. I need you to open the door. I said, no, we're not open. I said, change it. Change it on Google so I don't come back and waste my time, right? Life was not meant to be closed down. From the very beginning of time, God intended life, more specifically our relationship with him, to be open. Not to be closed down, not to be distant, not to have access. But what happened, we know what happened is, is that sin entered into the world. It changed the whole original intent of what God designed for us. Religion entered the world, all the rules and the pain. It closed everything up. It messed up the original design and the original plan that God had set up. And then what we see in the scripture is that Jesus is stepping onto the scene and he's flipping the world upside down of what it always knows. All these rules of how you're supposed to operate, how kings and kingdoms were operating on the earth. He's flipping the entire script upside down. And one of the first announcements that we see that he makes in the book of Luke is this. Listen, this world has gotten too far from the original plan. I've come to let you know something. I've come to let you know that I'm here and the kingdom of God is open. It's open. Church, serve day is like a neon sign for the world that says, hey, we're open. We ain't closed. You got a need? Awesome. How can I serve you? That's the heart of Jesus. He serves. It communicates this picture that, hey, we're open to reach you. Hey, we're, we're, we're open to serve you and to love on you. We're open to help you through the challenges that you face right now. There's some challenges that our world has. And it needs to know that the church is open to help those folks. We're open. It says, hey, I'm open to come alongside of you when there's nobody else in your life. This idea that Jesus came onto this earth to pursue every single one of us, to go after, to chase after, to serve, to give, it's all throughout Scripture. Once your eyes are open to you, you literally see it everywhere. It's why as a church, we believe in outreach missions. It's why we're passionate about it and why we put a spotlight on serve day every single year. Because we want you to understand the power of the serve. The Bible helps us understand a very important concept. And it's that we don't find purpose in life with the me, myself, and I. But purpose is found when we take our eyes off of ourselves and we look towards others. That's the power of the serve. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you a couple scriptures to highlight this process and to see biblically why we believe this. First one's out of Matthew chapter 20. Look at this idea of serve. Jesus is talking to the disciples, and here's what he says. He says, you know, the rulers of the nation, they got absolute power. The people of their officials, you know, they, they got absolute authority over all of the people. But I want you to look at what Jesus says about himself. It's absolutely unreal. And watch how this whole thing is completely upside down of what you would have known in society. But that's not the way it's going to be among you. Whoever wants to be great among you will become your servant. Whoever wants to be the most important you want to be the most important in your sphere of people that you're around? You want to have the most influence with people? You want to be the most important among you? Okay, great. Become their slave. Oh, and you don't, let me tell you something. Oh, this isn't just something that he's telling us to do. Because look at what it says next. It's the same way with the Son of Man. 
See, that's different from what they had always known. All the kings and kingdoms that they would have known, oh, no, no, you get great by how you can mandate all this stuff down to the people and you just tell them to do what you I'm not going to serve you. Are you kidding me? Greatness is not serving. Not so with you and not so with the Son of Man. He didn't come so that others could serve him. He came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many people. You see, right here, we see he doesn't mince his words. This isn't a parable that he has to go back and go, hmm, I wonder if I got all the insight into that. There was no mincing. He says about himself, I have come to serve and to give. You see, Jesus' definition of greatness can be really confusing sometimes. Jesus' definition of greatness in society, and even with us, can be so just foreign sometimes. I mean, why, if I'm seeking after greatness, why would I want to become a servant? You know, as I was researching this message and just kind of studying for you guys, I started to think of all these different cultures, all these different places in the world, and no place that I could think of or look up Almost every human culture that I've ever read about, servanthood is not the path to greatness. You're not going to find it. But it is in the kingdom of God. It's this upside-down mentality that Jesus was after when he came onto the scene. Let me prove it to you in a couple different scriptures. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11. I'm not going to go through it, but here's what it's going to show us. It shows us that in the kingdom of God, as Jesus demonstrated for us in those verses, servitude is, in fact, the path to greatness. Matthew 20, verse 16 tells me that the last will be first, and the first will be... Matthew chapter 23, verse 12 says that those who humble themselves will be exalted, while those who exalt themselves... Give them some time because they will be humbled. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 encourages us, hey, here, here's your disposition for every single person to put the interest of others above your own. See this theme beginning to develop? Later, this theme pops up again in a parable of the talents where he's giving this illustration about purpose and, and how we should live. Really, it goes back to the driving force of, of how our lives should be lived out. Not, not to sit back and to be fearful, but to confidently pursue life with the gifts and talents that God gives us. Know that every person sitting in these chairs, everybody who's joining us online, God did not put you onto this earth without a di direct purpose and without a direct set of skills, gifts, and talents. Every single one of us have it. So if you think that you don't have a purpose on this earth, that's, that's it lies straight from the enemy. He has given us. And that's the purpose of this parable of the talents that he's trying to communicate to us. Hey, I need you to use these gifts and talents that I've given you because I've got a purpose for you. And if you don't do it, it's not going to be done. I'll have to use it with somebody else. Because in the case of this, of this story, the case of this parable, the people who don't use what God has given to them was not only lost, but it was taken away. But the two who used what had been given to them their gifts and their talents, listen to what happened to them. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. His master replied, good job. You're a good and faithful servant. You've proved that you can be trusted with a small amount. So because of that, I'm going to put you in charge of a large amount. Come and share in your master's happiness. He goes to the other gentleman who, who also used their gifts and talents and listen to the similar verse, listen to the similar reply that the master gave. Verse 23, his master replied, good job, you're a good and faithful. You've proved that you can be trusted with a small amount. I will put you in charge of a large amount. Come and share in your master's happiness. Isn't it interesting that our happiness is tied to our serve? You see, at the end of life, in the beginning of our journey into heaven for eternity, is marked by one name. The greeting that you and I pray to receive on that amazing day when we take our first step into heaven, and the name that you will be recognized by is, Well done, thy good and faithful 
Church, it's the only name that goes on the back of the jersey. That's it. What you're not going to hear is, well done, thy good and faithful father. Well done, thy good and faithful parent. Well well done, thy good and faithful preacher. Or business owner or leader. Now, you're going to have all those things. You're going to get the opportunity to do all things. I'm going to get those opportunities. You're going to get those opportunities. We all will. All of those things are important. But Jesus is telling us something here. He's telling us, hey, there's one name that is known above the rest. As if he's saying all those other things that I just described, leader, father, spouse, preacher, business, all those things, it's like they hang on one name, servant. He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because if you're a good and faithful servant, listen to me what follows, you're gonna be a good and faithful spouse. You're going to do great things in the parenting arena. You're going to be a good pastor. You're going to be a good business owner. You're going to be a great leader, a great nurse, a great contractor, a great engineer. I don't care what it is that you are. You're going to be good in those other areas of life if you are a servant. Look at Paul in 2 Corinthians. He's got a heart for us to understand this whole process. And here's what he tells the Corinthians in his letter. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter into this wide open, spacious life. But he has something important to tell him. Remember this whole truth and love thing? He tells him, he says, listen, we didn't fence you in. That smallness that you feel, oh, that comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. And I love how clear he is. He says, I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. I want you to get this because I don't want you to continue to live in a small way. God has greater things for you. He says, open up your lives. Live openly. Live expansively. And see, this is what I love about Scripture. Is, honestly, we make life so much harder than it needs to be. Jesus has given us one of those secrets to life that our life can be better than we possibly imagine. Don't complicate it. Open up your lives. He encourages us, don't do life alone. Don't make life just about you. There's no gain in the me, myself, and I lifestyle. Rather, make the choice to live openly, expansively, This kind of life is found through someone who has this this heart of serving. So here's how I want to end today. I want to end by giving you uh, a couple of fallout things that happen that as we embody this serving lifestyle, it's a part of the characteristic of who we're known for. When we begin to engage in this, I want you to watch as you serve people and watch these things happen. There's four things that I believe that you'll see happen as we participate in Serve Day and as we incorporate this into our lifestyle. Everybody said Serve Day. Day. Here's the truth that I want to get before I go into the first point. The true thing is that, yes, Serve Day is one day but I really want it to be a life of serving others. We use this to to highlight it. It is an event, but the principle is to be lived out every day. And when we do, look at some of these fallout things that happen. Number one, when we serve, people receive better. They just receive better when we serve. Because here's what happens. You ever met someone, they just got walls. They got barriers, right? You can't, there ain't no way that you're getting through But when we serve, those walls and those barriers begin to break down. You get insight into their life. You get respect into their situation. You get this ability to now communicate with them. People receive better when we serve. It's less threatening when we serve people as opposed to just talking to them straight out the gates about Jesus. Sometimes that doesn't get received as well. There is a platform for it. But typically, when I've served you, it's going to lower those walls, and I'm going to have the insight to be able to speak into you. Why? Because they experience Jesus before you ever tell them about Jesus. Disney got actually a hold of this process, and they figured it out really quick that if I can define the experience before the experience, you're going to receive it a lot better. 
And so when you get hired onto Disney, they have mapped out everything from the time that you drive your car onto the parking lot to the time you sit your behind in the orientation classroom, okay? And they know every little encounter that you're going to have, and they know everything that they're going to teach you. And so by the time that you sit down and te- get taught, here's the Disney way, you go, oh, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense because I actually just experienced and I know how that felt. Well, the same thing is true. People receive better when we serve because when you do get a chance to talk to them about Jesus, they go, ah, yeah, you know what? That makes sense because I experienced exactly what you're talking about. You, you did that to me. So you were showing the love of Christ to me. That, 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 yeah, that makes sense now. People receive better when we serve. Number two, when we serve, hard hearts are softened. You ever had a conversation with somebody and uh, they just don't get it? You ever had that? Yeah, a couple of people have. Yep. I was having a conversation with somebody and they were telling me about somebody in their life that just, they came up to him, in my opinion, they came up to him very honestly. They came up to him saying, you know what, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in church. And how often do you really get that opportunity that someone just says, hey, this is, and they wanted a conversation. Y'all, I was blown away by their response. The response was absolutely astonishing. Here's what they said. Here's what their response was. Blew me away. That's simple. We just got to get the devil out of you. You got the devil in you. Had this whole conversation, and they end the conversation by going, hey, you want to come to church with me? Now, I don't know about you, but once you've communicated to me that I got the devil inside of me, I don't know that I want to participate with what you got. There was no conversation. There was no dating time period. You rushed right to the end. I'm pretty sure he didn't soften that person's heart towards God in the slightest. But it's a whole lot better if our first thought is, how can I create value in this person? How can I serve this person? And you watch how it melts their heart, how it softens their heart to you. It doesn't make them harder. He had an uphill battle that he had. Now, I'll never forget, uh, I put myself through college um, working in a restaurant, and so this is my first day. So we were taking me through all the orientation. I was with one of the managers. We were walking through. We were going through the back of the house, and so they were explaining how the kitchen worked and all this kind of stuff. And I'll never forget this other uh, girl server came up to me, and I don't know how she knew me. I guess somebody told her about me. I'm not exactly sure what information she got, but here's what she did when she came up to me. She said, hey, I know you're a Christian. I know you believe in God and all that kind of stuff. I don't believe in all that crap. Sorry for the rough language, but that's what she said. Don't ever talk to me about him. Hi, my name's Dave Ammons. Nice to meet you. And here's what happened over the coming months. And I'd love to say that I took credit for or I can take credit for it, but I, I, I can't. I, it's, it's the fact that I grew up in this church. And I learned the heart of our senior pastor. He said, no, you got to kill people with kindness. you got to treat them exactly where they are because that's how God views them. And so I took this journey of, I did, I wanted to kill her with kindness. I wanted to encourage her. The restaurant industry is a tough industry. A lot of innuendos go their way. And so when she needed to be stood up for, I tried to stand up for her. Those dishes get real heavy. So when I got the opportunity to serve her in that way, I would take those dishes into the dish pit area. And so I would serve her in just different ways and encourage her. And I'll never forget one night, I was sitting at the bar. I was counting the tips, because that's what you do as a server. You figure out what you're, how you got to close everything out. And she came up to me. And I could tell something was a little different with her. She wasn't her normal self. And uh, I got the opportunity to hear about what she was going through, the struggles that she had in her life, what her family was going through. And I got the opportunity to not only help her understand how she was going to find peace, but who was the provider of that peace. I never would have had that opportunity if I just would have told her, well, honey, the devil's in you. (laughs) Why did this happen? Hearts are touched. They're softened when we serve. Number three, when we serve, people's view of church changes. Serving will open doors that you would never have had the opportunity otherwise. But because you served, the Lord will open a door for you to have impact. Because, you know, unfortunately, people in society, they got a terrible view of church. If you doubt that, talk to any server on Sunday. One day of the week, I didn't want to work. Sunday, I didn't want to deal with church people. 
They were judgmental. They were difficult. They were awful, honestly. If I did have to work, I would work the bar. They were happier. <laughs> and they tip better. I hate to say it, it's truth, right? But society, by and large, think that church is full of judgmental people. And unfortunately, sometimes people do encounter other people who genuinely love the Lord. They just have this judgmental thing operating. I mean, I've met some nasty, angry people who profess they love the Lord. They just forgot to act like them. I'll never forget, I had a volunteer come to me one time. He had a guy that he was wanting to, to, to win to the Lord in his workplace. And he says, oh, man, Dave, you've got to help me get this guy to church. I mean, if you saw him, you would know, oh, man, he needs Jesus. I mean, between his hair, the way he dresses, I don't even mention how he talks. I mean, this dude, man, you, when you see him, I'm telling you, Pastor Dave, he's a heathen. You would love him. I'm like, well, at least you got one thing right, you know. But I had this thought, and I couldn't help but communicate my pastor's heart. Here was my answer. I said, you know, buddy, and this took a, a while to do. This wasn't just a one-time thing, but I'm going to summarize for you. I said, buddy, you know what? We're not called to save people's appearances. Amen. I'm not called to save your hairstyle, even though you may need a little help. God called me to go after the heart. God wants the heart of people. Now, after we get the heart, if we get the opportunity to work on a couple things, well, then great, all the better, right? But he's after the heart. Church, what would it be like if we talked less and we served more? Actually, you know what I wonder? I had this thought, you know, it was funny at the time, but I said, you know what, I'm going to give it to him. I just thought while I was studying this week and it said, what kind of doors would open if we went to other businesses in the place that you work, whether it's a street, a building, whatever the case may be, and you said, you know what, I want to clean your bathrooms. I know you probably don't like to do that, uh, but, but you, you, I just said, you know what, I want to clean your bathrooms. Every single week I want to come in. Now, they may look at you weird. I don't know that you've ever had that happen in your business. They may even ask if you're with the health department. You say, no, 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 I'm not there. No, no, I'm just, I'm just from the church, man. just want to clean your bathrooms. I know you don't like to do it. And every week you come back. Every week you come back, and I bet you will be shocked at the doors that the Lord will open with your fellow business owners. In fact, if you'll give me the opportunity, if I can be just a little prophetic here, I dare someone to take that challenge, and I want you to watch at how the Lord uses you while you're holding a toilet brush, because I can guarantee you that he's going to open doors that otherwise would have never been able to be opened because you served. People's perception of the church will change when we serve. And not only, here's the important part, not only will their perception change, but their ability to receive the message of Christ will dramatically increase as well. That's the important thing. My last point, the most important, worship team, you guys can go ahead and come on out. Most important point. Last one, number four. When we serve, Lives are changed for God's glory. Cathedral, I don't want you to ever underestimate serving in the name of Jesus, and here's why. I hope I've built a case for you because the entire power of the Bible is behind it. It's one of the tools that God gives us to make a difference in this world. Jesus came onto this earth to defeat sin and to show us a living example of what it means to serve. You never know when you say yes to serve, when our life becomes serving, how someone's life could be changed forever. Let me say it this way. They may not be chasing God, but God's chasing them. And because you said yes, because you answered the call, because you were available and, and didn't let it just stay in your mind, and you said, you know what, I'm going to call that person. Hey, you know what, I think, like Becky and Marlene, who they said, you know what, I think I can go over to this lady's house who's in a tough season and meet her exactly where she is in the practical ways to show her that God loves her, God's thinking about her. Do you think that lady will ever forget what those people did? No. Dave, what do I do from here? I hear you. I think I want to be a part. Simple. 
Don't make it difficult. Don't complicate it. It's simple. Tell God this. Here I am. Take it, Lord. Take it. You can have it all. Use me, God. Listen, I know I don't have it all together. I may not be the smartest tool in the shed. I know that I don't have all the resources in the world. I'm not that rich. and Surely I can't make that much of a difference. Lord, I'm not perfect, but God, will you use me? Here I am. Take it, Lord. Here's my rag. Here's my paintbrush. Here's my weed eater. God, here's my prayer. Here I am. Use me, God. Use me. Would you have a moment with God? Church, would you stand to your feet? If you're at home, stand to your feet right there in the living room. Have a conversation with God. Tell Him, here I am. Use me, God. I don't know what you want to do, but I'm available. Church, make this your prayer this morning. Nothing is a sacrifice. Use me, God. However it is that you want. This is my heart this morning. If you're comfortable, just put your hands out in front of you and just say, God, use me. I hear you. I hear you calling to me, God. I hear the prompting. Here's what I say, God. I'm available. I say yes to you, God. Come on, church, let's worship one more time. Praise real quick in this place. You can remain standing. I got one more short story for you just to show you the ultimate power of the serve. I'm going to condense it down into about a minute and a half. I want to tell you about a story about a guy named Ty. Ty found himself at a place in life just wasn't going good. He was strung out on drugs. He was homeless. He really didn't have a lot to look forward to. He used to party with this guy and get high with this guy, and this guy ended up changing his life. Got off drugs, found Jesus. Ty's not exactly sure how this guy knew where he was. Ty found himself at a place at this house where he was partying, getting high, and this guy knew about it, and he went towards him. Went to him at the house and he said, listen, didn't judge him in any way. Just kind of met him exactly where he was because he knew where he was. And in a life-giving way, he just said, Ty, if you, if you ever want it, I can tell you how to get out of this life. Jesus is the answer. That encounter didn't move the needle much for Ty. However, he never forgot it. He wasn't ready to turn his life over. But he'll never forget that encounter that he had. The fact that that guy took time out of his day and said, Ty, you're important. I want to meet you where you are. Ty would go through life and have these ups and downs. And it was in those down moments when he was strung out that he would always remember that guy. Even to the point where he would reach out from time to time and actually found out where he lived and would go towards him. And against the guy's better judgment, sometimes he said, you know what, I want to to help you. where you are, Ty. And most of it looked like very practical things. Sometimes he let him stay in his house. Most of the time he'd just say, hey, you need to take a shower? Come take a shower, man. Want me to wash your clothes? I'd love to wash your clothes. But the thing that Ty communicated when I was talking to him this week, and I love this part, he said, you know, Dave, I never felt judged by him. And he never missed an opportunity to say, you know what? Ty, whenever you're ready, 
let me tell you who has the power to defeat the stuff that you're going through. This guy, Jesus, he, he's done incredible things in my life. I know where you are. In the moment that you're ready, just let me know because I, I, I'm telling you, he'll get you out of the ditch of where you are. Ty still wasn't ready. Moved on about his day. Had the ups and downs of life. He found himself walking down Ashley Phosphate towards Rivers Avenue. It was 8 o'clock. He remembers exactly the time. He was at another low point of his life, and he said, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to step out on the road. I'm going to end my life. It's going to be done. No use in this. I'm tired of the chase. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of the difficulty. And the way that he explains it, he says, Dave, I've heard the voices in my head. Believe me, all the stuff that I was on, I heard a lot of voices, but I knew this one was different. He's the only thing I can equate it to is I heard the voice of God, and here's what he said simply. You need to get off the street, and you need to go to the hospital. And he said, Dave, I don't know what was so different about this time period. I thought back through all the times that I had an encounter with that other gentleman, and it just didn't speak to me. But at the same time that the Lord spoke those words to him, he was reminded of all his encounters with that guy, how he met him exactly where he was, how he served him in practical ways. Ty made his way to the hospital and began this journey to freedom, began this journey of getting off of drugs, beginning to get a clear mind. Fast forward a couple months, he's gone through AA. He pairs up with another gentleman in the church. Uh, His name is Frank and done some incredible job with people who are just so tied into drugs and alcohol. He introduced him to a church called Cathedral. He said, Dave, I live to come to these weekends. Not only do, am I surrounded by people, but he said, what I love is that every single week, y'all do such a great job of communicating that God actually has a purpose for me. I'm discovering my life was not meant to be wasted away, but my life was meant to be lived on purpose and that I actually have some gifts and talents. He goes, Dave, I'm discovering my gifts and talents. I'm discovering, not only am I discovering them, but I'm able to use them for the first time in my life. Ty's found a job. He's gotten off the streets. He's got his own place. And he's off of drugs and he's living his life for Jesus. Ty has an extreme heart that he's like, man, I, I, I got to reach out to this guy. He has no idea. You know that Ty's never been able to find that gentleman. He's looked up, up on Facebook. He's gone back to every place that he's heard of this guy living. The guy has no idea of the power of his serve. Has no idea that not only did he save Ty's life, but the guy is living for Jesus, discovering his purpose, and making a difference in people's lives. The guy has no idea. But it doesn't even stop there. Because Ty, and I'm encouraging you, as soon as we go out of this door, I want as many of you guys who have the time to do so, go to the hub and talk to him because you're gonna meet leaders like Ty. Because Ty's not done with that. He's not just satisfied with just knowing God. He wants to make a difference in the community that he came from. And so his serve day project is going into Tent City. And he's going to help clean up the place because here's the desire in the heart of Ty. And he got so excited when he was telling me about this on the conversation this week. He said, Dave, I just can't wait for God to use me. And if I can get the opportunity to serve this community that I came from, Maybe, just maybe, God will give me the opportunity to talk to somebody, get them out of the same place, and let them introduce this this person to a guy named Jesus that radically changed my life. That's what he's getting ready to do next weekend. Matter of fact, he don't even need a weekend because he's been doing it every week for the last couple years. Every week he goes into this community. I actually just found out he paired up with another guy in the church who has a heart for the homeless, and they're pairing up with their same gifts and talents, and they're, they're doubling their efforts down. That's how the church works. So church, if you would, do me a favor. Put your hands in front of you. I want to bless you as, as you go out these doors. Lord, bless them. Lord, keep them. Lord, would you cause your face to shine upon every single person in this room, every single person who's listening online. Lord, I bless every single person with the reality of the power of what you did on the cross and the power of what you do through the serve. Father, would you just let every person in this room and online know that when they're simply available, they don't have to have all the right things together, they don't have to write the right plan, all they got to do is be available and say yes to you, and you are going to use them and make a difference in somebody's life 
that otherwise wouldn't have happened. So Lord, I bless him this week. Would you bless this serve day richly, God? Would you put people on our path? Would you give people sitting in these rows ideas? They don't know what they're getting ready to do, but as they walk out this door and they talk with other serve day leaders, they get the idea, okay, God, this is what I'm going to do. Father, would you give us the idea? Lord, your word says when we lack understanding, when we need wisdom, all we simply need to do is ask and it shall be given. And not only will you give it, but you'll give it generously. So, Father, we ask for ideas to make a difference for your kingdom right here in the low country, right here in our neighborhood, right next to our neighbor, right next to our business owners, right next to every person that you put us next to in this low country. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Thank you guys so much for being here. Go to the hub. Talk to our Serve Day team. Love you guys so much. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.